Skull! I think that's how it goes. The Vikings are next on the heat wave. Download the Fantasy Football by Broder app to get every single stat that you get here. Support us on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Broder Fantasy. Man, let's get it started quick today. I'm in the mood to let's go. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. We are back with one of the weirdest teams that you're going to find in a very long time. The Vikings did a lot of coming back last year. Actually got outscored on the season and still got 13 wins. Two guys that never get outscored. My two partners here. Broto FF Casanova. Cass. At Psychward yeah, FF. Yeah. Matt. What's Much good, love. fellas? You already know, bro. It's all love up in this bitch. We, we just did a, uh, a fantasy uh, draft together. Um, and it was, it was nice. It was fun. It was very fun. Yeah. Oh, it, melding minds with you fellas is always is always fun. All right, let's get into this offensive outlook um, right now for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Minnesota Vikings last year completely changed pace, going with Kevin O'Connell as their as their head coach. This is year two as the Vikings head coach after firing a defensive minded specialist, old man curmudgeon. Um, I can't I can't remember his name um, before that. In his first season as head coach, Kevin O'Connell led the Vikings mm-hmm. to. 13 wins that he's going into his season as head coach, excuse me. Um, most since 19, I mean, 2007 for the franchise, O'Connell uh, got seven people into the pro bowl. That was most of any first year coaching Vikings history. Minnesota also finished 11 and 0 in one score games after going five and eight, 11 and 0 in one score games is how you go from um, having no, having getting outscored and still winning games. So one of the one of the harder things to replicate in the league. Let's see how they do that. The team also had an NFL tying ten comeback wins on the season, including thirty three point halftime deficit in Week Fifteen to the Colts, the greatest comeback in NFL history. Behind the the ones and twos is Wes Phillips. He does not call plays, uh, but he is the offensive coordinator. This is his seventeenth season as a coach in the NFL. Second with the Vikings as offensive coordinator. After most recently being the pass game coordinator slash tight ends coach for the Super Bowl winning Rams. So of the McVay tree, just like Kevin O'Connell. In 2022, Phillips coached an offense that finished eighth in the NFL in points scored and second in passing yards. The high-powered offense helped QB Kirk Cousins set records for pass attempts, passing first downs, and totaled the second most completions and passing yards in franchise history. Phillips also assisted wide receiver Justin Jefferson in a new single-season Viking records, 1,809 yards, 128 receptions. That is past Hall of Famers Chris Carter and Randy Moss. QB is Kirk Cousins. Oh, damn. Uh, QB Kirk Cousins, wide, running back Dalvin Cook, wide receiver Justin uh, Justin Jefferson, of course, and TJ Hawkinson all made the Pro Bowl under his tutelage. Um, with that being said, uh, we have the same outlook. So we're looking at their at their tendencies from last year. Eighth in points per game, third in pass percentage, third lowest in run percentage. This is a pass-heavy offense. They added wide receiver Justin Addison, Jordan Addison in the first round. They got rid of Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith. So, so I'll start with the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He's kind of like the he's kind of like the it guy after his Netflix um, sure. made him, you know it made him look good. So he's people are in his yeah. corner yeah. now. Um, so how are we feeling about Kirk Cousins? Is he a viable fantasy quarterback this year? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, he's a viable fantasy quarterback every single year, and it just yeah. continuously oh, yeah. be ignored is, is ignored as one. 
He's been a starter for eight consecutive seasons in the NFL. Obviously, Crazy. sat behind RG3 for the start of his season, or start of his career, rather. <clears throat> He's only one statistical finish outside of the top 12 quarterbacks overall in those eight seasons, and only one finish outside of top 12 quarterbacks in point per game in those eight seasons. Set career and franchise highs in pass attempts, passing yards, passing touchdowns, like you said. And they enter 2023 after what was really an incredible and probably overachieving 2022 season that saw the offense open up under Kevin O'Connell and company, ranking third in pass percentage. But they also lost a lot of pieces on the defense as well. So they're going to be playing from behind projectably even more this season. Cousins ranked fourth in pass attempts last year overall, fourth in pass completions overall, fourth in passing yards overall, fifth in passing touchdowns, seventh in QB big plays, eighth in yards per game, finishes the QB eight overall in the QB 12 in points per game, which you can all see on his fantasy football card on the Brodo app, cheap plug. Third in deep ball completion percentage, sixth in red zone completion percentage, but ranked 22nd in truth though value due to some costly interceptions and miscues. And again, to kind of like give a little narrative to that, because I, I did like that show quite a bit. And especially when they started breaking down decision making and those little snippets that specifically showed the quarterbacks explaining every interception. And a lot of it was Kirk Cousins being completely honest that he just didn't understand the offense until later on into the season. And then that's when you obviously see the Vikings go on that incredible run and win the AFC North. They have even more pass catching weapons. Obviously, the loss of Dalvin Cook, I think they could maintain roughly around third in, in pass attempts and pass percentage um, team pass percentage on the season. They have Jordan Addison, who replaces the husk of Adam Thielen, who also had a bunch of red zone targets last year, even though he was dusty and old. So Addison comes into that slot role that they utilize very frequently. TJ Hawkinson is there for an entire offseason, which obviously they didn't get last year, midseason trade. And they have a reduction in talent at running back again. So they're going to open up that offense, running back and defense specifically. I think they're going to open that offense up even more. Yes, Justin Jefferson is going to dominate targets, but Kirk Cousins has a litany of weapons that can lead him to yet another top 12 QB performance. And sure, it might be low end, but he's going past he, his ADP is going past where he's ever finished as a starter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough because he has no rushing upside whatsoever. Yeah, you know, so you're, that's you're why it, it's QB 11, QB 12, but that's where Kirk Cousins is going to finish. They you have to remember, too, they ran the most plays in the NFL last year, the most. So it's it's hard to say that they're going to run the most plays in the NFL again. I think it's going to get I honestly do think it's going to be a similar the most plays is it, it almost impossible to repeat, right? Like there's no stickiness there, but I, I definitely still think it's a very high paced, high powered offense. And that defense is going to lead to them passing at a third or higher rate again. Let's get into the running backs on this team, because that's the more interesting one. I feel like the wide receivers are more explicit. I have some thoughts on Alexander Madison. I love to hear you. I do too. Yes. Go ahead. Buddy. Well, I do. I do have some thoughts. Let me tell you. Like the more I was researching for this uh, for this episode, the more I I got thoughts. And and we we just did a draft, like we mentioned at the start. Uh, if you're a patron, you can watch that draft. Uh, cheap plug. And we did discuss Alexander Madison for a little bit, but let let me get into it right here. So last season, as we know, he was behind uh, Dalvin Cook. That's no longer the case. Now he's a starting running back. Dalvin Cook, we know, was a very, very good running back, and he was very good in that offense as well. And now Alexander Madison is stepping into that role. Let's see how Alexander Madison did uh, on the weeks that uh, Dalvin Cook was out. 
last season or last season and two seasons ago, I, I pulled the numbers. He was RB6, RB7, RB8, RB13, and RB4 in those games. I mean, that's uh, a very good rap sheet. I'm not saying he never shed the bed because he did, uh, especially like one week that people very clearly remember and that alters his perception on, on Madison as a whole. Uh, and right now he's going around RB23 in the fifth round in ADP which for an RB that has that in him and that same uh, offense with the same quarterback going RB6, RB7, RB8, RB13, and RB4. That's someone you want on that team, to be honest. And like for that price, he's back and RB2 in the fifth round. I'm definitely taking him. Like I'm a big fan of taking uh, the seesaw running back strategy and grabbing uh, Madison if you can, like the fifth, sixth round as your second or even third running back if you're that type of person. Uh Yo, like, he he has everything ahead of him. Because, like, who has behind him? Uh, he's, like, Ty Chandler and Ken Nguangu. Sorry, uh, Nguangu. Uh, I know you're a big uh, Ken guy, uh, Matt, but I don't think he's, he's stealing. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's like, oh, you were. Have, you have were. I ever been a Ken guy? Yeah. No? Am I tripping? No. Okay. Actually, like, I mean, there, there's a different late-round pick on this offense that I kind of like even more uh -huh. than Kenny. But like you've been, you were, you were a, a him guy when he got drafted, no? And then he got like a couple. No, of I mean, return TDs I, to even time. actually like go back to that is like that year that he got drafted. I thought Kellen Moore was the sleeper in that offense that I wrote about. <laughs> Never mind. Which but was yeah, obviously I think a Alexander bad idea. Madison has <laughs> that back here for himself. Moore, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kellen Moore's coach. Uh, like I think Alexander Madison has that backfield to himself, and he has shown that he has it in him. That that's all I'm saying. And he's going late, like late-ish. I completely agree with you, Cass. I think hey. that. You have to take a look at like it's been shown so far that and, and a lot of the stats that you see about Alexander Madison, a lot of his his overall stats and a lot of his um, analytics, if they're not looking great to you, if they're not the you have to separate the games that he played and received 15 plus touches and the games that he didn't, because sometimes it takes that many touches to get in the flow of the game. Like you get the first five touches get the flow of the game down when you're only getting five touches. It's a different yeah. story, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, when he that comes in, the, the efficiency stats for him for sure. Yeah. So the efficiency stats are way better when he plays. And this is a team that's all in on Madison. Like they already put him in this on their Twitter uh, letterhead. I know there's not too much that you have to look <laughs> at, like, but there is something to be said about that. There's something tiny to be said about the fact that they are promoting him as if he's the guy. Um, and, you know, he, they have some stars to choose from. So they're promoting him, and that really doesn't have much to do with it, but I, this has to do with it. Is the drop-off, if you can get 80% of, of Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook has been a top six pick for the last five years. If you can get 80% of Dalvin Cook, and you might be getting more than that. If you're getting 80% of Dalvin Cook, you should be drafting that in the mid-second round. You're getting him in the mid-fourth. Yeah. Yeah, if I, like if you get like yeah, exactly like seventy percent of Dalvin Cook, you're getting in the fifth round, like per fantasy pros RB twenty three, like a back end RB two. That's like that's that's an overcorrection of, of I don't know what type. It's insanity. Yeah, no, in that's crazy. Opinion. It's insanity. So, I agree, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I love Alexander Madison. I think another guy I love, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not by myself on this one. Everyone loves this guy. It is. Of course, Justin Jefferson. What could I really say about Justin Jefferson, thus, despite the fact that he should go number one overall? 
Um, really, that's it. So the real question is, are there any other wide receivers worth rostering here? And I think it comes down to KJ Osborne versus Jordan Addison. And assuming at Addison takes competition. Right. And I think I'm about to say, uh, assuming that Addison takes that Thielen role. And I think it's important to note, Adam Thielen ran the second most routes in the NFL last season. The second most routes in the NFL. Second to Justin Jefferson. Right. So this is a team that's throwing passes. And since Cousins joined the Vikings in 2008, Adam Thielen has had 100 or more targets and 70 or more catches in every season that he was healthy and didn't miss games. He's taking that role, Jordan Addison, per our very own Matt Ward. Let's see how, how dominant Addison really was. Average 2.78 yards per route run in 2022. That's 11th among the 136 draft-eligible wide receivers who saw at least 50 targets. Generated the 7th-ranked 139 passer rating when targeted. He has played 1,100 snaps in the slot and 757 snaps out wide. Over 1,200 yards at both positions, according to PFF. Commanded a 26.6 target share while at Pitt. Averaged 26.6 PPR points per game in his sophomore season when he was just 19 years old. Like, this is a guy who has a young breakout age. He can play all over the field, and that's all according, of course, to Matt Ward. Um, now you take a look at KJ Osborne. Pop quiz, guys. How many targets did KJ Osborne have last season, if you had to guess? 93. I was going to say 87. Yeah, he had 90, which is the exact oh, in the shit. middle of YouTube. Let's um, go. Let's go look, at look at him, minds, bro. Look at him, minds. I'm not really interested in 90 targets. Um, that is, you know, good for like 45th in the league. And he slotted to keep the same role as last season. You know, none of his stats or skill really pop off the screen. I don't really understand the momentum that he has in the fantasy community. For me, it's Justin Jefferson and then it's Jordan Addison. I think that I'm not scared that he's a rookie. I think that he comes in with pedigree. This is a high-powered, potent offense that loves to loves to pass the ball. And really, I think it's not even Addison versus Osborne. I think it's Addison versus Hawkinson. And that brings us to the tight ends. So please tell us about Mr. Hawkinson. Yeah, I think that's actually like the perfect example because that, that's going to be the number two leader in targets. It's between those two guys. And I do kind of lean Addison, but I, I don't think that that diminishes what TJ Hawkinson is capable of. ADP tight end three, 44 overall. So you're kind of paying up for what his ceiling should be, which I obviously don't like. I've kind of avoided him in most formats. But again, he absolutely can hit that ceiling. And if not higher, he's entering his prime as a tight end is concerned. Finishes the tight end four in points per game last season, averaged 12.7 with 12 top 12 finishes, including five finishes when the top within the top five and two tight end one overall performances, which are two of the top five greatest tight end performances in fantasy history posted in those two um, tight end one overall finishes. It, one was with the lions. One was with the Vikings. So he accumulated eight receptions, 179 yards and two touchdowns in that one game with the lions. And then 13 receptions for 109 yards and two touchdowns respectively in that one game with the Vikings. He also posted both or well, both of those games were over 33 points, but he also only managed 12.7 points per game with that ceiling. So, like, it needs to be noted that that gap between Kelsey, what Andrews did in 2021, what you know, even we expect the ceiling of guys like Kyle Pitts to be, Hawkinson has still never reached that. And he's certainly at the top of that gapped tier, so to speak, but earning 29 targets, levying 86 receptions and 914 yards, six touchdowns, half the season with the half of the 
um, with the Lions, half with the Vikings. Like that's that's probably Hawks ceiling, like a thousand yards, six to eight touchdowns. I don't think he's going to break that, you know, 110, 120 reception mark like a guy like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey can. But he did pull 20 and a half percent target share, 23.8 percent target rate, 19 red zone targets, 10 deep targets, 407 yards after the catch. So he's definitely as good as it gets for that mid range tight end position as far as efficiency is concerned. But with Addison set to take on a tertiary role as he's developing as a rookie and obviously like i think it's absolutely crazy that four wide receivers get selected back to back to back to back to back in the first round of the 2023 nfl draft and addison is the only one of them that led his team in yards per route run market share of touchdowns receiving yards targets and overall team touchdowns in the single season and he did it at 19 while being declared the best um ncaa college wide receiver winning the blitnikoff and he goes behind all of those guys like Tim said it like this kid's got serious pedigree and serious production at both positions as a wide receiver. So that kind of hurts Hawkinson's upside from the slot because that is obviously where Addison is most comfortable. And I think that the Vikings, you know, with that draft capital, even though it being the fourth of those wide receivers still in the first round is saying like, we will utilize this kid everywhere. I think like you, you have like, you have that cross Section two, where he can play the outside, he can play the inside. You know, Justin Jefferson runs inside too, right. right? So now you're playing with these two guys, you're switching them up, you're moving them both around the formation, you're making it even harder um, for for everyone. Um, how do we feel about TJ Hawkinson? That's literally who I was just talking about. I mean, but I'm, I'm Cass, in, <laughs> res- in response, I'm sorry, in response, yeah. how do you feel about TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, for for me it's a little bit weird because now he he becomes like kind of a, a tear breaker for me. So you got the exactly. top guys, you got the bottom guys that you can like just slot him in uh, right in the middle. And the way I build teams, he's probably not gonna be on many of my teams. I know? agree. So, I'm with I'm yeah. with you. I think we're we're three for yeah. three on this one. I I, I yeah. I just feel like in the, again, I, like talent is undeniable. Yeah, he's oh he you know he was good last year when he joined the Vikings. He was good. Yeah. But you know, but then he had his best game, like week two, wasn't it? Or like, yeah, what well, well, that, that, that the record-breaking performance was with the right. Lions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so you're you're getting a guy who is going to be a good tight end, probably finishing the top six tight end, but you're drafting him in a place where you have to really draft him, you know, and you're forty fourth overall. On, yeah, you're passing up on a lot of talented players. So I probably won't have a lot of T.J. Hawkinson on my team. But I need some dynasty guys to stash, and that's why we have the dynasty Don yeah, yeah. here with us. So Matthew, who is yeah, your stash? Yeah, man, team? very concise offense. Like I kind of knew we were going to get through this one quickly because we know what we're getting with this Vikings offense. We know how they're prepared, how how they're set up. We know what the percentages are going to be with Kevin O'Connell. Um, what the offense is going to look like. You know, obviously a little bit of a change there with Addison, but again, that's filling in that feeling slot role which we know they like to utilize the one player and position that is kind of unknown is the running back position and we alluded to it a bit in the madison section but it's guys like kenny and guanu and ty chandler who are backing him up who really have shown no viable nfl relevance and then they spend a little capital in the seventh round on Dwayne McBride and obviously seventh round rookies uh, at any position um, running back a little bit of a higher hit rate. Yeah, but rarely have a direct path to dynasty relevance or value swings unless they get opportunities. But he's undoubtedly, you know, a, a more productive collegiate um 
prospect than the other two players ahead of him. He has really no competition again with Ty Chandler and Ken Anguanu both competing for roster spots as well with Dwayne McBride. Like they're not locks, but Chandler's the most recent selection, uh, boasts four, three speed, four, three, eight, but he had just six touches total in his rookie season. All carries, no targets, six touches, seven games and Nguanu was the highest selected of them all got selected in the fourth round but he has just 28 total touches in two years of play and I don't know if you guys remember this but Kenny Nguanu was part of the most for my money literally the most gruesome collision on a kick return in NFL history that I've ever seen and that's what cost him his season completely shredded his knee the guy that hit him was concussed did not come back that season from that concussion either yes just a special teams guy I understand that those guys are as business goes often cut when they get seriously injured anyway, but still like, you know, that they were both stretchered off the field in two separate ambulances. It was the most gruesome. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> Dwayne McBride's behind these guys and small program at UA, UAB. Yeah, but ridiculous production. 3,523 yards, 63 touchdowns, average 7.3 yards per carry across three seasons and 31 games. Like he is pretty good analytically obviously you discount those small schools a bit but i think Dwayne mcbride in an offense that we have seen just one guy earn a gigantic opportunity share at running back if they are named the starter happened with madison has happened with backups when madison wasn't available as well i think in um in guanu and chandler are afterthoughts and Dwayne mcbride has the most upside out of that backfield interesting all right i like it i like it Matt coming out with the deep stashes all the time, letting you giving you the cheap. Yeah, on the cheap. <laughs> stash him. Stash him. Slash him. How, how's that? How's that from the I'm I'm dating myself OD right now. I'm not gonna just stop. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was gonna say like I'm the like almost as old as you, but, yeah. <laughs> That was uh from scary movie. Remember when when he rap battles? Oh, I've never seen it, bro. Slash him, dash him, hit him with something. He says something. Um, yes, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> That's Dirt Nasty, by the way, who's actually a legitimately good rapper. There you go. See, and you guys are talking about me. He knows the rapper behind it. Yeah, but you know I'm obsessed with battle rap, bro. Like to that level. And y'all are the same age, too. So, <laughs> I don't know. I uh I like battle rap, but not at mass level. Not at mass. Yeah. I, I, nah, nah, he, he's, I appreciate uh, battle rap as an art form. Like grind time, which is like an official league, like old grind time rap battle with Word. Dirt Nasty and Andy Milanakis. Oh my goodness. Let it's me tell like you something. Rolling You're missing that. out on Spanish battle rap, bro. Yo, like, it must like, be so easy. Like, battle rap and Russian battle rap. So those, ha- those, those things got like 29 million views every yeah, yeah, no, like People are going huge, crazy, bro. and I got no idea huge. what they're saying. Bro, I feel like every Spanish word rhymes. Come on now. Like uh, every word like ends I think in it might like, be time to cut the masculine <laughs> or the feminine. So you can yeah. rhyme all the masculine words and all the no, feminine words. No, because you need like the whole syllable, dog. Not just that's like, true, that's true, that's true. You got to get creative. Like you can't just be Dr. Seuss in it out here even if you speak a different language. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like, but you can get complex is what I'm saying. I propose a toast, an adios, the most coming at you with to boast. We out here doing the most. Bro, you are the host, and you didn't even use that. Are we the host? That's it. All right. <laughs> That's together, the end of bro. that. Uh, I'm Tim. Uh, at Tim. At Brodo FF Casanova. At Psychward FF. At uh, Brodo Fantasy. At FF by Brodo. YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Subscribe, like, leave a comment. We'll see you tomorrow to finish off the 
NFC North with one of the again this this is an up in the air division and another team that's up in the air the Bears. Huge. Facts. Let's get to it. The Bears. Peace.